first of all, sometimes lawyers just be straight bluffing, okay? <laughs> they be like sometimes they be lawyering it down. Like let me tell you something. Yeah. They have no claims. It's baseless. And we like, no. My name is India Rios, and this is Randy Leaf, and we are the creators, founders, and co-hosts of The Dripless. Period. So for today's show, we're going to be talking about both copyright and trademark infringement, and we're going to be talking about it in a pretty unique context. Context. Yep. Excuse me. We're going to be talking about it in a pretty unique context. So the situation here, I'm not sure how many of you know, but like, I think there used to be like the New Jersey Nets or Knicks or something. I'm not really sure about the team, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm like super into basketball like that either, okay? But anyways, um, the team moved to Brooklyn, and as a part of a grand marketing campaign, campaign that they've run that they're running right now um they're trying to affiliate themselves with the late rapper the notorious big so um for many of you who don't know um big used to be really infamous for wearing Kuji sweaters. So Kuji is a black-owned brand, a high-end black-owned brand. Um, these sweaters can range anywhere from like $80 to like $1,000. So um, they have a large range, but they're an older black-owned brand. And that, they were known for the prints, right? Yeah, they're, that's yeah. all they make. They don't mm-hmm. make any, they don't yeah, have anything exactly. else. Okay, yeah. so that's where we yeah. talk about. And so the situation here is um, the Nets or whatever this Brooklyn team's name is, they Nets. have the Knicks. The Knicks. Yeah. The Knicks. The Knicks have permission. Girl, stop. I don't know. I think yeah. the Knicks is New York. Yeah, or was no. they the Knicks? Brooklyn. Yeah. We might have Brooklyn. to. Randy about to look it up we're right now, y'all. See, this is how, and this is a good spot for a quick little caveat about how a lot of times things that really don't matter to us <laughs> are like the name of the institution. Because we're really going to talk about the legal Nets. issues. It's the Nets. The Nets. Okay, mm-hmm. the Brooklyn Nets. That is the name of the team. But we really are more interested in the legal issues. So we try to give you a little taste of drama but for the most part we coming to you with the law and why this is important in the context of the law and how you can stop these situations from becoming your situation Mm -hmm. okay so anyways um the nets are using big's likeness and they have permission to do so from his estate to use his likeness so biggie was super notorious Mm -hmm. (laughs) for wearing these sweaters these coogee sweaters and we're gonna make sure that you guys get pictures of the sweaters and you can see what we're talking about here um so to honor him or commemorate him in some of their games they've come out with jerseys that have coogee like print going around the border of the sleeves and around the neckline of these jerseys. They're calling it like the Brooklyn Camo Mm -hmm. or something like that is the official name that they're using for it. But they're using photos of Biggie Mm -hmm. and they're pushing it as, you know, Biggie wore this type of style. Now we use this type of style. And Coogee not feeling it. So Coogee sued him. Let's clarify a little bit. So the the Nets licensed the likeness of Biggie, right? So they could basically use his picture Yes. On their advertisement and whatnot. Yes. But they never contacted Kuji at all about the patterns or about using their name or using their 
similar style in any of their jerseys, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like a situation here to where the Nets are saying, no, we trying to be like Biggie and we have permission to be like Biggie and this is something that Biggie used to have all the mm-hmm. time. But in fact, by way of being like Biggie, you're being like Kooji because mm-hmm. you're using Kooji's pattern on Which your Kooji. things. And Kooji was known for being a brand that Biggie repped. That Biggie wore regularly and mm-hmm. a lot of rappers at that time wore regularly. And the thing about Kooji is, I can honestly say it's a very consistent brand. Mm-hmm. So as I just said to Randy, they don't have a plethora of styles out. Like, don't get me wrong, they have the sweater, they have the sweater dress, they have the sweatpants, the sweat top. So they make different pieces, but all of these pieces have the same style of pattern, which is the vertical um, and sometimes horizontal or a little wavy, different color striped pieces of material overlapping each other in a form of knit, mm-hmm. okay? So they consistently make this. They have a trademark um, for their brand. Mm -hmm. Then they also have a copyright for their prints. Mm -hmm. So it's like a dual situation here. And they're arguing basically that this the Brooklyn team is infringing on both their trademarks material and they're infringing on their copyrighted material. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna break that down a little bit further and kind of separate these issues for you guys so that you can get a feel for where I'm coming from with how they're doing this. So they're infringing on the copyright because, or allegedly infringing on the copyright because they're using the actual print mm-hmm. on their things, yeah, on, so, on clothing that they're yeah. making. So Kooji says that they have uh, copyrights in a print called P something. And they have two different prints that they have, they're alleging they have copyrights in that these are, that the Brooklyn Nets jerseys are infringing. Um, Believable. They've been out for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So this is, and that's an interesting point is that you can actually copyright fabric prints. A lot of people don't know that, but um, copyright doesn't just protect like music or artwork or whatnot. Um, patterns are also things that are copyrightable. And so Kooji had excellent attorneys and were very forward thinking and got their prints or select few of their prints, I guess, um, copyrighted. So that, I mean, that's really the yeah. only way they could protect their brand exactly to protect people, to stop people from creating this original thing that they created, mm-hmm. which is this style of print. Exactly. So that was really the only way that they could protect it. So mm-hmm. kudos to them yeah. for that. But then they're also, so now I feel like that was a good explanation of how they're infringing on the copyright. We're going to move a little bit into trademark territory. So Coogee is making the argument that the Brooklyn team is infringing on their trademark because they're trying to make it seem as though they're sponsored or affiliated with Coogee. Mm-hmm. And the way that they're doing this, little backdrop backstory for you here, is that um, the Brooklyn team purchased the meta tags. For those of you who don't know, those are the tags that make it to where when you Google a certain thing, it comes up. So if you Google like uh, Coogee, they purchased the Coogee tags to make the Brooklyn jerseys pop up when somebody Googles Coogee. You could do this for a number of things. Like if I wanted to sell this wine glass, I could purchase the tags for wine glasses made by all types of companies, right? And then my glasses could pop up. That in itself is not trademark infringement. But if I'm trying to get people to believe that I'm affiliated with this glass company or that glass company, that 
is trademark infringement. And just to remind you guys, trademarks is all about the likelihood of confusion. Trademarks, the primary goal is to prevent consumers from being confused in the marketplace about where products are coming from. And then it's also to advance the goodwill of the person putting out the product to make them have a reason to take pride in what they produce and to make, you know, their goodwill to be for their name and their brand. So here what we have is a situation to where by purchasing these tags and by basically saying this is the Kooji print without saying that, they're infringing on their mark and making people who would possibly buy things from Kooji say like, oh, this is a Kooji product. I'm going to get it. Mm -hmm. This is a Kooji jersey. This is a Nike X Kooji. You know what I mean? But it's not Nike X Kooji because Nike getting what they getting, the NBA getting what they getting, um, and the team... The Brooklyn team is getting what they're getting. So that's another thing. It's, I believe, three mm-hmm. defendants on this case. Oh, there's a, there's a M- lot more. more. Yeah. Well, Randy might they're talk more about <laughs> who's being sued and why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't, I can't say the specifics. I just know that it's uh, definitely the NBA is getting sued. Um, Russell Brands is getting sued. Uh, the, the Nets are getting sued for sure as well as um, a few other people. And so basically that's just a, a general practice in litigation. So oftentimes people think that, oh, you know, you just sue one or two people. No, lawyers go after everybody. Anybody um, possible. Exactly. So anybody, anybody. Who possibly connected to it, they're going to put them and sue them until that person or that company finds a way to get out of the lawsuit. Yeah. Um, so here it looks like, um, at least from my understanding, the NBA is probably involved because they're getting royalties and, you know, and because I believe that, like, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I do believe that the NBA is the ultimate seller of these jerseys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though all of these teams are, like, under the umbrella of the NBA, so they're not owned by the NBA, but they all work in tandem, kind of like a union. So what happens is the NBA is the people are the people who are ultimately selling jerseys. They have the contract with Nike, so they're like they're the exclusive jersey provider. You know what I mean? So ultimately the NBA has a hand in this because ultimately they're deciding mm-hmm. who's making the jerseys, um, how much the jerseys are being sold for. And I'm sure they even have some creative control. But more importantly, they're selling the jerseys because the injunction is to stop the sale of the products because Kooji is saying that there's a likelihood of confusion and that that, um, negatively impacts their brand. Um, So, for instance, if Kooji had wanted to partner with the Nets and actually have been involved in the process of making the prints, of having, you know, possibly licensed the actual prints that, you know, maybe Biggie was really known for having worn, um, any of that, they lost out on that opportunity. And they lost out on an opportunity to create jerseys with Adidas for a different team. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's a lot of different things that they could have done. We don't know if they was about to start dropping Kooji jerseys this year, which would have been well within their rights to do with their copyrighted mm-hmm. patterns. Yeah, exactly. And so here, Kooji is really just, you know, trying to not only um, get the money that they lost, but also stop the actions that they believe are wronging them. And so I think it's a really important note to keep in mind is that a lot of times people think like, oh, if I just pay them, it'll be fine. Or, you know, um, it's cool. I'll just get sued and then pay them royalties later. But really, a lot, um, as artists, as creators, as designers, the concern isn't always just about the money. For artists, um, just as with you, it's about what you want your work to be used as. You know, you want to be able to 
um, tell people and have some sort of control over how your work is being represented, how your brand is being represented. And so not only will people be suing for, um, you know, a slice of the pie, they'll also be suing to not let you drop your album, not let you release your um, clothing, not let you sell anything. Like, they'll be trying to stop you from doing anything with the work that infringes on their copyrights or trademarks. They can things that you have already made. Mm -hmm. They can start, they can stop the importation of things. So, like, that's another thing to think about. You know, a lot of Nike's factories are abroad. Mm -hmm. And they, this injunction could stop Nike jerseys that have this print from coming into the country at all. Like those are the type of things that they could be looking to make stop. I think that um, since we are talking about trademarks, just to kind of like remind you guys of like the um, the factors that are considered when one is looking to think or talk about whether somebody's trademark is being um, infringed upon. Because one of the things that I believe stood out to me and Randy about the articles that we had read was the lawyer, the lawyer for the um, the Brooklyn team. First of all. Sometimes lawyers just be straight bluffing, okay? <laughs> they be like sometimes they be, they be lawyering it down. Like let me tell you something. Yeah. They have no claims. It's baseless. And we like, no. I can see it. I can I can see how this mm. is a problem. What was it? One of the representatives said there was no merit whatsoever so, uh, to the claims. Like that's a bit of a stretch. A, a super stretch yeah. when like I can clearly see a lot of merit because, here. Because, you know, as you were saying earlier, it's kind of like like the print itself is basically just the Kooji print. Turn sideways. Yeah. Like, it's very recognizable. and Almost the, identical. And the point was for it to be recognizable because, once again, it was trying to associate the, the with print Biggie with Biggie and in Biggie. the Kooji sweater. Exactly. Like, that, that particular combination was what was trying to be recalled when they made it. And so it's very evident that there's some there's some merit to it you know even if it's not successful there's clearly some grounds there yeah even even just the fact that like you purchase the tags Mm -hmm. like you purchase tags so that people would pull up these jerseys Mm -hmm. and when you typed in kooji jersey that this would come up who's to say that kooji doesn't already have a jersey sweater that they were Mm -hmm. already selling that you are now stopping them or diverting sales that could have come to them for their jersey sweater to now your actual jersey for your team Mm -hmm. it's just a lot of things here and then also another thing the guy was like um there's no actual confusion well i really want to address that because actual confusion is not a requirement, no, okay? It's not one of the elements, as we discussed in um, one of our previous uh, <clears throat> previous podcasts. You know, elements are the recipe for success. Yeah, the ingredients. Yeah, the yeah, ingredients. The ingredients. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I want to just say is like, um, like we were saying, actual confusion is not, not one. one. Likelihood, mm-hmm. the possibility that a person could be confused. And important note is that of the factors, none of them are critical or required. Dispositive is the term used in the legal field. None of them are required to actually be successful in the claim. They're all just considered and weighed in conjunction. And for instance, of the factors, if you don't have any evidence of a likelihood of confusion, of actual confusion, or of anyone actually having... Another factor could easily make it clear. So I want to talk about those factors. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a kind of a different type of a factor. So you know sometimes certain crimes, we say elements and I think for like uh, breach of contract or something to that effect 
elements would be good. It would be a better situation. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you have to have a valid contract. Oh, you have to have this. But I think in this context, when we're talking about the factors, I guys, I want you guys to kind of get more of like a, a balancing type yeah. test in your mind to where you have a larger number of factors because there are about eight factors and I'm about to run through them. And the court is kind of looking at how all of these mm -hmm. factors play in and yeah. making a decision. I would kind of think of it like a pros and cons list. You know, like when you're trying to make a decision and you're like weighing one side versus the other, like, okay, yeah. yeah. So none of them are like, there's rarely going to be an instance where it's like, yeah, okay, that's the one you need. And then everything else follows after that. For this, it's really, you're just, okay, you know, yeah. pro over here. <clears throat> and by and pro and con is really going to go plaintiff and defendant. Yeah. Like, yep, for them. Or no, no for, for them. them. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then I think that another thing, too, that we could always say, too, when we're thinking like a pros and cons test, thinking, too, like, the likelihood of confusion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's like... Hmm, because that's something that's a con more mm -hmm. so like mm, people yeah. could be confused by this because at the end of the day again I want to reiterate the entire purpose of the trademark regime is to protect consumers yep. from confusion and to protect the goodwill of sellers and all of the time energy effort and money that they have put into their product so just to run through some of these uh, factors. factors here mm -hmm. one strength of the mark so how strong is is Coogee's mark in my opinion, Kuji has a very strong mark. It's very distinct to me when I see these colors. When I see a Kuji sweater, I know it's a Kuji sweater. Mm -hmm. When I see a Kuji item, even if I don't see the word Kuji, I know that it's Kuji. I know some people might be younger than me, and y'all might not be as familiar with the Kuji brand, but it just totally sucks that you're like a 99 baby or whatever, and you don't but know. An important <laughs> fact, but an important thing to note, though, is that that's not it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. If yeah. I know Kuji, as long as like, so for instance, because I I didn't know recognize the, name. the source, but yeah. you recognize that, oh, I know these types yes, of sweaters. Yes, exactly. Um, so for instance, I didn't know the specific name of the brand that the sweaters were, but I as soon as she, you pulled up the picture, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I know. Exactly I know exactly what you're talking, what you're talking yeah. about. Exactly. So even and if so, you, and you don't have to know the name in trademarks. Mm -hmm. A trademark isn't based on you knowing the source. The trademark is based on you believing that these all come from the same place, so mm -hmm. to speak. So you don't have to know who the source is. You just have to see something and affiliate it with a certain source. Not a certain source, but like a particular brand would be like, oh, same company that makes those sweaters. Mm -hmm. You don't have yeah. to know the name. Mm -hmm. So that's one. And then while we're going through these factors, I think it's cool for us to just go ahead and talk about who this, who each factor weighs in favor of. Yeah. So here, this factor clearly weighs in favor of Kuji. Yeah. They've had the mark for quite some time, since before my lifetime, I'm, mm -hmm. you know, and for a while. And it's a well-known brand in the marketplace. Even if a person doesn't know who makes it, the product is easily recognized. The next factor is the relatedness of products. So I think that this is a good one. And I also still think that this weighs in favor of Kuji. I would definitely would Because we're still yeah. selling clothes here. Yeah. I mean, because we're not selling, I mean, one, they are, they're jerseys, which is apparel. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like you're, you're selling apparel. Yeah. Um, and I feel like they sell jerseys at Nordstrom mm -hmm. and they sell Kuji at Nordstrom. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so, so like, and so also in the same in the same stores, mm -hmm. even if they're not in the same department, they're being sold in the same stores. Mm -hmm. So who's to say that, you know, Nordstrom's isn't going to buy 
a hundred thousand of these jerseys in their Brooklyn stores. That that's money that could have been in Coogee's pockets. Yeah, Coogee could have came out with something similar. Yeah, and it's also not a hard leap to make to say, oh, Coogee started like partnered with a brand, you know, with Nike to make these jerseys. Like it's not that diff- especially yeah. when you're also tying in Biggie into the situation. Like, exactly. Okay, yeah, totally makes sense. You know, like that seems like a fitting partnership a fitting collaboration there i totally agree um the next number three is the similarity of the marks very similar very similar almost identical Mm -hmm. the pattern is identical it's just been turned horizontal it's usually a vertical pattern it's been turned horizontal and even then i've seen coogee products that have like Mm -hmm. different variations of how the like i've seen a coogee sweater before that had like a v Mm -hmm. and it had like the the v had all of its patterns going one one, way uh, there's a recent one that has just across just like a little panel of it yeah just so there's so there's different variations and the same thing interesting thing is like the that they do have a similar panel design type of style on t-shirts yeah and stuff exactly. too so yeah so. so that's another thing so they don't just make sweaters mm-hmm. they make t-shirts they make other forms of apparel as well and they weren't they were never limited or cut off from creating a jersey material coogee shirt or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be they could have always done that with their copyrighted and trademark materials mm-hmm. um so i think that similarity of the mark is another one that weighs in favor of coogee mm-hmm. um evidence of actual confusion so this one is interesting because there's a lot of ways that evidence of actual confusion can be shown but most of the time it's shown with surveys Mm -hmm. which can be very expensive but these are some pretty heavy hitter companies and they should pretty easily be able to afford surveys but i also think another one that would um kind of an unconventional way of showing this could possibly be the use of the tags exactly if you have the record showing people are googling brooklyn nets coogee jerseys jerseys yeah then that would be people associating already thinking which is obtainable material easily by way of subpoena Mm -hmm. right because you've purchased these tags from google Mm-hmm. So now we just want to get the records of how many times this tag has been hit, mm-hmm. how many times people have actually searched this, and Google has all of this information yeah. at the ready. Mm-hmm. And any other search engine in today's world of technology, it's just so easy for companies to kind of prove at least some confusion yeah. or the possibility of confusion. And back to what we said before, like... Actual confusion is not a requirement, okay? People do not have to be confused. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that there's a possibility that people could be confused is enough for the courts to go ahead and remedy the situation. You see what I'm saying? So, um, evidence of actual confusion, I think, and then also just the, the fact that it's almost like the Brooklyn team is intentionally confusing people by mm-hmm. purchasing these tags is going to be heavily frowned upon by the court. Yeah, because that's another factor as well, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think that it is. Oh, no, the intent mm-hmm. actually is one. So, yeah. it's, so it's another one. But the next one that we're going to talk about is the degree of purchaser care, which is mm. funny, but this is almost like the sophistication of the people who are going to buy these things, which I always thought was like really interesting because basically defendants always want to say that people are so smart, they would never be confused. And then plaintiffs always basically want to say, no, my customers are stupid. You're going to confuse them. (laughs) You know what I mean? No, my customers are stupid. stupid. But so much is like, you know, 
No, I mean, it's just such a strong association. Like, yeah. Obvi- like, anyone would be confused. So, like, no matter like, the level of sophistication. Yeah, exactly. So, for instance, if you were selling, like, a software product for, you know, high-end computing software things, then maybe it'd be like, okay, well, it's a software developer. They know this stuff. They're trained and educated in it. So, of course, they wouldn't be confused because they should know. Yeah. But here we're talking about this is just the average person shopping. Exactly. You know, like, exactly. And the fact that a lot of times, like, I feel like it's, it would be easy for there to be a $100 jersey and a $100 priced. Like, the price category could be mm-hmm. similar for the products. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how the products are being displayed, where the products are being displayed. Because of this print and because they've been marketed as Coogee XYZ, who knows where stores are putting these. Mm-hmm. They could have them right next to the, the sportswear, yeah. streetwear, Coogee stuff. Mm-hmm. Almost seeming like there's some type of partnership or relationship mm-hmm. between these companies when in fact there isn't. Yeah. So the next factor is um, the intent of the defendant in selecting the mark. So is the defendant intentionally trying to confuse people or trying to make it seem as though they're affiliated? And I think that is clear here, again, by the purchase of these tags, that they are trying, not only by the purchase of these tags, by the purchase of these tags and by the fact that you're using a notorious B.I.G.'s likeness yeah. and you're using images of him wearing the these, sweater. wearing the Coogee yeah. sweater on the night that you have players playing in the Coogee jerseys. Yep. You know, it's it's very clear that this is an intentional marketing campaign here. Yeah, and like, and so intent doesn't necessarily have to be like a malicious intent. It doesn't have to be that you're trying to do something bad, but they were intending to make that reference back to Coogee. Like at the end of the day, like she said, they're using the, the Biggie likeness. They're using the pictures of him wearing the sweaters. They're purchasing the tags. Like they're trying, they're intentionally making that connection Um, at least on their side of it. And so it wouldn't be a giant leap in that case for consumers to also make that connection. And apparently... Yeah, this is my Coogee jersey. This is my Coogee Brooklyn jersey. That's what I would be saying if I had one. And another thing that is more circumstantial evidence of this, though, is the fact that knowing... And I feel like it's pretty difficult to not know that this is a Coogee print that they're trying to, you know at least when you're going through this whole process, it's a very intensive process, creating a jersey. You have the design teams and everything. Like, this doesn't just, like, fly under the radar. Yeah. They're aware of, like, who it is that they're trying to copy. And they intentionally chose to call it the Brooklyn Camo versus Coogee because they knew what was up. They knew that they couldn't do that. At least that's what I think. Like, I feel like... like they knew that they couldn't do that, too. And we're not dealing with mom and pop shops here. Yeah. Okay? We're dealing with well-established multi-million dollar companies Mm -hmm. okay that's the other one it was nike was another one that was getting sued oh yeah Yeah. and you know Mm -hmm. and sue them all that's what i say when in doubt throw them all on the complaint Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know like why not i don't know how because and that's another thing too you gotta think about is these people at coogee they don't have probably all the inside access to know the inner workings of the nba Mm -hmm. and know who exactly approved this who exactly did this they just know all the people who are profiting from Mm -hmm. it so they're going to go after all of them. Yep. And it seems like Kuji is really wants it to stop completely. Yeah, that seems like what they're Like, they're not, about. like, we're not even interested in forging a partnership, settling any of that. We really want this to stop. Mm-hmm. So that's just something to keep in, to take into consideration. What the person who owns the material wants is going to be prevalent. And I yeah. think that's clear by what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. They're asking for an injunction to make this entire operation cease to exist. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that we're 
in a good place for negotiations. Yeah. But you know, money talk. So I know money. Well, money speaks volumes in my life. I can't speak for other people. (laughs) But you know, sometimes (laughs) it doesn't. And so like, if they feel like they have a very strong conviction about not being like, not like, yeah, I hate the NBA. It's a slave ship. Or because of that, I'm not supporting this or whatever. Who knows what they think? But like another hypothetical, which I don't think is the case in this situation, but say for instance, Kuji had a partnership with Adidas. They couldn't have their, their, um, patterns being used on Nike wear. Cause like they already have a partnership with Adidas, which is probably going to be an exclusive of partnership in that situation. And we don't know what their what type of branding efforts yeah. they have going on abroad. Exactly. Or what type of partnerships they mm-hmm. can have with some foreign companies yeah. that we don't know of. I know because they're so bright in color and thing mm-hmm. I would automatically think that Kuji would be a brand that would be trying to tap into like the soccer. Yeah, You know, absolutely. like into yeah. soccer, creating mm-hmm. some type of soccer something for a lot of those countries mm-hmm. and those teams because they have a good bright color display absolutely. and things yeah. that, you know, I, you would, I would be used to seeing in the soccer industry mm-hmm. so who knows what they've been trying to do or what type of licensing agreements they have already created with other entities yeah and so I think a good takeaway for that and I've already I said it before but it's not always about the money like while money does talk like when you are going into these type of situations keep in mind that sometimes there might be other alternative motives that the creators have for not wanting you to use their stuff that might have nothing to do with money okay so the last factor I think that for the uh, intent also heavily in favor of Coochie. Oh, definitely. Heavily yeah. in yeah, favor. Yeah, pretty sure that. <laughs> yeah, okay, so the last one is... Um the likelihood of expansion into the product line. Which is what I touched on before. Which we already said. We don't know if they was about to start making jerseys. I don't know if they wanted to start making soccer jerseys. We was just talking about that. Mm -hmm. Or any type of jersey material, shirt, item, anything. We we don't know. And and that's something that, you know, they're going to be able to say, you're stifling our business growth, Mm -hmm. our business development. Yeah. We could do this, we could do that. You know, and I think something that was interesting that you had mentioned was like, um, basically the NBA and the Brooklyn Nets and everybody, they've doubled down. They're yeah. still selling this mm-hmm. stuff. They're still pushing it. They're still doing all the rest of so the stuff. Some of those like, yeah, because yeah, they've already gotten the notice. So that's something else the courts is going to look at too. Like, oh, not even if you weren't aware before, once you were aware, you continue to do this. Mm-hmm. Intentionally, you made the active decision to do so. Like you, yeah. like, oh, it's, it's Biggie Night. We're going for it. We're doing it regardless. Exactly. So, so that's going to be something to look out. We're going to um, keep you guys posted and let you know what comes or comes Yes, yeah, so this. Yeah. But really yeah. quickly, I just want to also touch back. So I know, like, we've kind of covered the trademark bases in our last episode. Um, but some of you guys might be wondering, like, okay, so we know trademarks, words, uh, logos, and whatnot. I get that. But how is this a trademark issue here? Um, and in this in this instance, this is an issue of trade dress. So the actual patterns themselves are what Kuji uh, is claiming a trademark protection right in. Um, so they basically are claiming that they have a very distinctive type of pattern, a very distinctive type of um, way in which they have a series of patterns that as soon as um, anyone sees it, it has a secondary meaning, which is a legal term, uh, meaning that people see the patterns and they immediately think or associate those patterns with, as India said, a specific, a, a source and a specific source. They don't necessarily have to know it's Koji, but they see it and they think, 
oh, I know where that, like, that looks similar to um, another, you know, that brand. Like, I, I can't recall it, but like, I, I know where that comes from. Yeah. And so here, uh, Kuji is claiming that the use of the patterns in the jerseys is violating their trade dress rights, which is a, which falls under the larger umbrella of trademark rights. Yeah. Um, and has the same type of legal analysis, has the same type of um, concerns about um, likelihood of confusion. Same factors would apply, mm-hmm. the same Polaroid factors yeah. would apply to that situation. They just have to prove the extra, um, in this case, it would be an element of secondary meaning that um, consumers actually do have a secondary meaning when they see that print and think, or think of a singular source rather than oh that looks like a 90s type of vibe you know yeah so it has to be a specific brand they're gonna have to which is gonna be really like the key to um their success on this in order to even have a, in order to even have infringement you have to have the right so they're really gonna have to prove that there's that trade dress protection here yeah and i think i just pulled up a quick definition to just kind of make it a little bit more concise and more clear for you guys and what i found that i think is a good embodiment of exactly what trade dress is is trade dress covers all elements that make up the overall image of a product or service mm-hmm. so that's the the coogee material the knit the print you know what i mean or like a trade dress also something that is protected by trade trade dress that i think will come right to anybody's mind is the happy meal box mm-hmm. so a happy meal is a trademarked product mm-hmm. by mcdonald's and the happy meal box is the trade dress of happy meals yeah you or, see what I'm yeah. Saying? or another example would be the red bottom soles for Louis Vuittons. Like that's that is a trade dress. I think that's it's Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton. I think it is Christian Louis Vuitton. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I was like, I, was I don't like, wear them. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. They actually don't, don't come size. in size. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's okay. Okay. I that's so sad because I wanted some of my stuff too. I can get some men's sneakers, you know, or flats or like men's like dress shoe. But but you know, but it's cool because you know I always say that the Lord cursed me with big feet because He knew that if I had small feet that I would be in such deep debt from all of the shoe purchases uh, that yeah, I no, would finance. A, yeah, it was a blessing for me because I'm going to start my own shoe wear line. Oh. For, yeah. you know, my size. I guess. I'm, if I, I just want to make enough money to wear that, I could just, like, force Louboutin's hand. Like, this is a prince of my foot. <laughs> make them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to make my own. And then yeah. well, everybody has their own entrepreneurial so. efforts. I'm, Whatever. It is what it is. But that's just another example. <laughs> that is another example. So, I feel like we've covered this pretty yeah. extensively. So... Until next time, don't miss the drip. Woo!